0: Greetings, Range Seekers, and welcome back to the Bendability Podcast with me, Emmett Lewis, the Splits Wizard. This week, we are going to be discussing all things mobility. We are going to look a bit at how did this word come to be? Where does it actually come from? We're going to look at mm, how to give a better definition or a more comprehensive definition for our general uses in the fitness world. And we're going to look at some of the components that actually go into mobility. So... The first kind of thing for myself was kinda of story time, I suppose, is when I was first working as a coach, going back about ten years now at this stage, I was uh, you know, transitioned from working a coach in circus and gymnastics and these kind of background and was coaching more in fitness. And I was beginning I was coinciding with the rise of CrossFit and these kind of things. And people were coming to me going, Oh, you're the guy who does this or you're flexible or whatever and uh or you're mobile mobile you're mobile they would say and we want to work on my mobility and a lot of them were crossfitters when they were coming for them, this term and that kind of gives a hint where this word may have come from and they would be they would be saying they want to get mobile i want to get more mobile from my olympic lifting was the classic one i want to get more mobile from overhead squat cool it's a very noble goal uh, so I'd help them but when I was looking at them I was like thinking oh they're saying mobility but what we're doing here is flexibility training we are working on strength and range of motion, uh, static positions and you know identifying weak links wherever it needs to be stretched, uh, giving the appropriate intervention and then uh, putting it all together. So we'd have this but you know for them is working on mobility I was doing mobility class. And, or I want to work, be mobile, basically. And for me, it was more like 90% of the time it was dynamic flexibility they were working on. This is what they were working on. Dynamic flexibility, moving through a range of motion. And then we would assess that, blah. But it was always called mobility. So I started calling it mobility. And I actually really like that word, mobility, particularly for the definition I'm going to put upon it that I've come up with over the next few years. And not really that I've come up with it. It's just that how I interpret the definition which we will get to. So then, soon after, probably a year or two after that, uh, Kelly Sturette came on the scene. And I suppose he was already on the scene, but he, he came onto my radar. I was kind of kind of oblivious to greater trends in fitness and all these. As you might know, I try to avoid them. I try to avoid fitness in general, as you might have noticed. Uh, but anyway, so Kelly Sturette, and he was floss this, tack that, mobilized this, mobilized that. And he, you know, he was kind of going through this interesting phase when he was dumping, like, videos, shot on his phone, onto YouTube at a time, very rough and ready, no editing, no real thought put into it. I kind of like this phase when people are going through because there's a lot of what I think of as rapid prototyping. I have an idea, we try it out. I have an idea, we try it out. Uh, any good system will have gone through this kind of rapid prototyping idea. And now, obviously, now we can have much wrapper prototyping dialogue by sharing things online and people come back and bouncing ideas. But, you know. Rapid prototyping in the weightlifting world in 1900s might have been like, I wrote a booklet and my booklet has disseminated across Europe and someone else has translated it into French and now they can have it. Blah, you get the idea. Anyway, so we had Kelly Sturet who was always talking about mobility and possibly approaching it in, uh, how to describe it, a way that is very useful for getting acute and impressive gains, but not lasting, acute, transient, impressive gains. And obviously, people will be doing this, and they'll be going like, "Oh, I have to do this." But what they were lacking in their mobility development was generally a structured flexibility training. And this kind of this is where it comes from. And then it's kind of like it's become its own beast in like in in the internet, in Instagram, TikTok, all this kind of shit, it's YouTube, you know, whatever social media. The greatest picture of social media is like what it generally means now is I'm working on my mobility. What does that mean? I'm doing band stretches, and I am doing some variation of Cossacks or 1990s or something like this, and maybe some kind of paint by numbers crawling system. All good in and of itself, but this doesn't actually really give us light of what actually is mobility. And this is kind of one of these things we have to consider: is like what what is mobility? Where does it come from? So my light bulb moment with this was. Uh, many years, I don't know, a long time ago, anyway, uh, well, before mobility, no, after mobility, whatever, anyway, it was my girlfriend at the time, her grandmother broke her hip, uh, we were looking after her when she was recovering, and uh, yeah, we had to go to a mobility store, uh, and then it was kind of the light bulb moment, I was like, hold on, there's actually mobility stores, and they weren't selling floss bands, and jump stretch bands, and lacrosse balls, they were selling mobility aids. And then I was like, oh wait, there's something else here. So that would have been about uh, 2013, 2014, probably. or Whatever. Anyway. 2011, 2012. 2012, the end of the world. The end of my world of mobility was destroyed. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and it was... So seeing this mobility, I was like, okay, hold on, where does this word come from? Is It's obviously not CrossFit, and it's obviously not what we're doing. So, it generally, actually, the main place you will find it is in occupational therapy. Occupational therapy, as I understand it, is a branch of physiotherapy to a certain degree. People disagree, but it's to do with how people can deal with their environment. How maybe they've had a stroke and they can't put on socks. Well, then your occupational therapist might either come with suggestions, some training, physiotherapy intervention... Or devices, a lot of devices go into mobility and making the world easier for people who have some kind of impairment that stops them moving. The environment. Obviously, we can think of our mobility scooter, mobility frames, uh, Zimmer frame, all these kind of crutch. Even so, if we go from this view and we take this kind of view of like, oh, if we have someone with an impairment, we're trying to get them up to the point where they are functioning naturally in the environment by a mobility assistant or a mobility system, then we can also make the thing of someone who is not suffering an impairment, well, this is debatable now, someone who is not suffering a medical impairment, but could still use an aid to help them move in their environment. So this begins to get a bit bit better. It begins to paint a picture that we have a actor, we have a person, an organism, whatever, operating in an environment and the environment will impose certain demands or the person will have certain outcomes of what they want to do in this environment. And then they will need to draw upon their resources. And the resources are the things that their body is capable of to solve the demands or the tasks inherent in the environment. So then we can go, oh, mobility is efficiently, obviously we won't always be efficient. Maybe not. This comes into the other side of the equation. Being ex- mobility is efficiently navigating the environment around us. Okay, we're getting to get somewhere. It's not necessarily doing splits, though it could be. And that's what we're getting into. Now, for me, I also add in the term expressively. Because one, I want to be able to move efficiently and expressively in my environment. Because at the end of the day... My physique and my body form an essential part of my communication structure, the language of gesture. Now, for myself, who comes from an arts background and enjoys these arts, and also I prefer, certainly I prefer coaching you know, artists and circus people and dancers, contortionists, whatever, than I do athletes. Not that I don't, but it is, it is my preference. And uh, to be able to use your body expressively is part of this mobility, because that is part of the challenge of the environment. So for me, we have this definition for what we use in the modern methods of mobility, is the modern methods of developing a body that is capable of efficiently and expressively navigating the tasks inherent in their environment to achieve the desired outcomes. Following? Good. So, when we look at this ability to navigate the environment, then we can begin to break down what is actually mobility into three slash four components. Our first component is strength. We need strength to a certain degree. Other people would say, let's say they're all equally as important. I'll just start with saying strength, but people would argue range of motion is more important. No range. No range of motion to display some strength or do strength training and blah. Anyway. Or coordination. You've got the range, you have all the strength. Anyway, anyway, so we have strength, coordination, and flexibility. Strength in terms of navigating environment comes in three, three rough categories. It comes in the mid range, where we're more familiar with mid range strength, and then it comes in the end ranges, both the end contracted range and the end elongated range. And these will have different challenges and different sets of training mobilities to build them. Generally, we will know that if we look at strength training, if we raise the mid range, we also raise the strength at the end ranges, what gets into the, the understanding and the misunderstanding and end range trend, which we're going to cover in this whole episode, is we have end range strength training, the end ranges of the range of motion we have currently available. And we have beyond end range training, where we are trying to teach the body to enter and exit safely ranges of motion that are beyond its current capacity. So remember that for the coming podcast. Uh, Now, the next one is we have flexibility. We have our different types of flexibility. We're going to do an episode on that as well, but I wanted to set the scene with mobility first. And flexibility can be thought of range of motion displayed in various positions and various joints. So we can think of that. Then we can also think of the strength as applied to range of motion. Is our kind of active flexibility. Get that, and Then we can think of coordination. Coordination is the ability to use the body, and it also factors in perceptions in the environment. So it can be an internal perception. It's like, oh, my toes are pointed. And you think, yes, my toes are really pointed. And then you look at the video, and your toes aren't pointed. Anyone who does handstands or aerial or ballet will know this. At the same time, we can also think of the external perception of like, oh, there's a ball thrown at me. And then I need to dodge the ball in some way. I will draw my resources, my strength. I will jump over the ball. I'm very strong, very powerful. I can jump over the ball. I'm very flexible. I will drop into a split and come back up. Different ways to solve the challenges in the environment based on the rapid perceptions. I had a very interesting direct lesson in this idea, what I'm talking about, uh, quite recently. That, uh, for those of you who don't know, I live on a petting zoo. I've uh, got some horses, we've got some pigs, we've got some sheep. And... We were in, we we're in one of our fields and the, the pigs were up in one of the fields, but they seen us in it and they can get into the other field. so they came over and they're very friendly, but they're big and they're fucking scary. Pig, pigs are scary and hairy. They're very hairy and very scary. Uh, very friendly, very personable these pigs. but uh, so we're in the field uh, with three girls. Uh, all the girls would have been about the same height weight, and all of them had a very different training background. Uh, some were slightly more flexible, some were slightly stronger, and other stuff. So they seen the pigs coming towards them, a perception of a threat in the environment. And they decided to exit the field while I was trying to stop the pigs coming in. So I was holding them back, and they all ran at the gate. And we know these farm gates for a field that has the slatted bars, kind of horizontal bars going across. Uh, every girl who approached it, went over based differently on the resources they had available. And this is coordination as well. So one girl basically stepped through the bar and done a Cossack squat, or classic side-to-side Cossack squat with a hip hinge kind of motion and flowed gracefully through it. Another girl who was possibly as flexible but more explosive, uh, vaulted it, kind of like a step vault in parkour, up and over, legs went up like a step vault or is it deep vault? I can't remember. Some parkour thing. When you grab on, and both legs go over to the side. Anyway, uh, pass through a kind of squat position. And then one of the other girls kind of scaled it and got to the top, then jumped off and rolled. So we have these three almost equivalent people. Not quite, but almost. Each one drew differently on the resources to solve the efficient challenge of getting through the gate before the pigs eat them. So we can see that we have these resources that can be combined and used in different ways one person doing closed-chain flexibility, one person doing open-chain dynamic flexibility, one person choosing not to use flexibility. So what we are thinking about in mobility is that if we can take a snapshot of a person, we can isolate the resources they are lacking, and in the subset, we can then stage a proper intervention that will increase their mobility. So we can think about, say, coordination. Coordination in different degrees is, one, it can be thought of as a Translating a visual, audio, or tactile cueing sensory projection into an actual movement. So I see someone do something or someone explains it to me. I watch a video on Instagram and someone explains some cues. I then go and try and replicate that movement as best I can and hopefully it works. And Then you look at yourself and go, oh, did my sensory map match my projection and what I thought that movement should feel like? Oh, no. We have a decrement between the sensory map and the movement ability, and they are not the same, so we need to get them to overlap more. This can come in terms of, particularly when we're thinking about, say, art forms or artistic endeavors, pole dance, or things like, oh, I think my leg is straight, and I think I'm in my big split, but no, when I look at the video, my big split and my rainbow Marchenko is not as aesthetic-looking as I wanted, so then I have to go and... Scan my map when I'm doing the movement and think, oh my knee wasn't fully extended last time. Focus on the knee. This is when we can begin to build uh, what I think I'm doing, what I'm actually doing, and then what they begin to begin to coincide. This is the internal side of the coordination. The external side of the coordination involves the perception of what is going on in the environment. The pigs are running after me. I have a fence. I need to I've perceived that getting through the gap of the fence is possible to me. How do I solve the problem? Do a dive roll? Do I step through and do a split? These things. So by raising the mobility, so let's say we took this person who stepped through the fence, and I know them, they're not super explosive, and they're not super strong on their legs. Whereas if we spent time time raising the strength and getting better at jumping and teaching them the vault properly, then when the perception of the pig comes, uh, let's say we had only a wooden fence that was completely blocked off, then the resource to actually the constraints of the environment implies that their mobility must be used in the way that will have them going over the fence. So hopefully you're following along with me now and showing how we have these different components we can break down of strength, coordination, flexibility into their separate components. We can assess these separate components Raise them up and by raising up a separate component, let's say I'm super flexible but I can't lift my leg. I can do splits, do massive oversplit, but I can't lift my leg past ninety degrees. Well then the person for their active flexibility resource is quite low. We train that, we get it up. Oh, then we put them in their environment that requires the task to be fulfilled in task can be answered in many different ways by drawing on the resources and combining them. This is what gives us our mobility. It's a hybrid uh Hybrid quantity based around these three main capacities. The other capacity we could say that belongs in there is endurance, the ability, work capacity, or the ability to express or range of motion over a long period of time. I'd argue for most intents and purposes that endurance is a subfactor of strength. And it's. I'd say, I don't know, subfactor, I'd say work capacity is the foundation of strength or developing strength. It's like, oh, if I build my work capacity, I have a good base to build strength upon. Can debate around that obviously when it gets into endurance events but no one is doing Cossack walk with 10ks so maybe you could maybe you could do a Cossack walk 10k and that would be an interesting challenge anyway hopefully you're getting a bigger picture about how mobility is a hybrid between these three things the next kind of thing it's like How we approach this in the modern methods of mobility is, at the moment, in public facing, unless you're training directly with me, is we're just looking at mainly the flexibility and the range of motion, as well as the coordination side of things. Getting you better at the software using. Coordination is upgrading the software in your body to use your range of motion better. This is one of the things, the big factors in people think is like, oh... I need to develop my flexibility. I like, well, actually, maybe there's a lot of flexibility in there and you just don't know how to use it. And by training your coordination, training your body and giving it the options for coordination and ease of movement, then your range of motion will increase. But we haven't, we've increased your flexibility as a quantitative aspect, but we haven't actually made the body adapt in any way, shape or form. It's just something to bear in mind. Same with strength training. Oh, I want to throw a ball higher. I want to use work my strength power. Oh, throw the ball, throw the ball. Give someone a target. Oh, they'll throw better. I want to jump further. Get a big, scary dog and let the dog chase them. See, you can see how all these things kind of work in uh, terms of arousal and goal and task focus. Once again, back to tasking. So, but all this, sorry, I'm digressing. So the other kind of things we do is, it's like expanding the ability to feel the body. That is, if you can't find it. You can't move it. It's very simple. So you've got to be able to inc- find ways of increasing the sensation and the sensation base of the body. This is, once again, this is where static flexibility plays in. We can give someone a static stretch, let them hold it, and let them experience what it actually feels. Oh, we feel it. Oh, wow, I have a feeling what it feels like when my quad is in this position. Now I will try to replicate that position something more complicated. Ah, the coordination aspect of things. So you can see these quantities also tie in in terms of like training effect and training magnitude and how we can get increasing one will increase the other. So that's kind of a broad overview of how I would define mobility and how I put it into practice and how we might look at it practically. Uh, That's going to wrap it up there. I would like to say, first off, Thank you for all the people, all the kind words and comments I got over the last week with the first episode. I really appreciate them. It really does make my day. Uh, even if I didn't reply to you, I did read everything. I have some the framed. For those of you who sent questions in, uh, the questions are all coming in on basically Teams. So I'm going to group them together on uh, Teams. So I might not answer your question directly, directly, but I will cover it, hopefully. So I'll use it as the, the script for the show, basically. Uh, other than that, if you want to ask me some questions, you can either put them on the YouTube comments, you can DM them to me on Instagram. Uh, if whatever app you're using does reviews and other stuff, uh, leave me a review. It's really useful. Uh, what else? Yeah, like, subscribe, all these kind of things. It's it's one of the things they say. Oh, yeah, I don't like asking for, it. but it's actually it turns out it's actually super super useful. Uh, other than that, next week's episode we're going to be doing our first book review. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be doing All Going to Plan, the most in-depth review of oh, Stretching Scientifically uh, by Thomas Curse. So grab a copy of that and you can follow along with the next one. Uh, other than that, I've been the splits Wizard. You've been great. And we will speak again next week.